You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. From LA Podcasters Studio 101 in the brewery in downtown Los Angeles, LA Podcasters go on the record online. You asked me what my show is about, and I said it, it's about me being a stay-at-home dad and being a failed actor. Now, 99.9% of my listeners are not failed actors, and I'd say the same number are not stay-at-home dads. But there's something about being so finite in the subject matter and so brutally honest about it that it becomes more universal. And I know that sounds oxymoronical, but I think there's a certain amount of truth to that. And thank you for joining me for another episode of On the Record Online, the podcast that brings you the story behind the story. If you're a regular listener of the show, uh, you know this is the place where we try to bring you the story behind the story. Uh, We do in-depth, one-on-one interviews with journalists from the mainstream media, as well as, from time to time, discussions with influential bloggers, podcasters, and newsmakers about how technology is changing and threatening to disrupt the mainstream media business as we know it. I'm your host, Eric Schwartzman, founder and president of iPressroom Corporation. We help organizations integrate the web into their marketing communications and public relations initiatives. I am also personally and professionally fascinated with how technology is changing the way organizations communicate and the way people consume media and information. If this is your first time tuning into the show, we've got a a different kind of show for you today. This is a special episode of On the Record Online recorded from the Los Angeles Brewery Art Walk, uh, which is a special event that happens um, twice a year in Los Angeles. And uh, this podcast was recorded at um, the LA Podcasters Studio 101. Uh, It was a lot of fun, and uh, rather than talk to a mainstream uh, uh, journalist or a a newsmaker or a podcaster or a a blogger uh, from the PR sphere, uh, we're going to do short interviews with different members of LA Podcasters, and we're going to find out a little bit about their shows, what makes a good podcast, and we're also going to talk a little bit about the art of podcasting. If you uh, are listening to this show on your desktop and you'd like to subscribe, uh, you can do that by going to www.ontherecordpodcast.com. And uh, when you get there, on the right-hand side of the page, there are various options to subscribe through iTunes or Yahoo Podcasts or other popular podcast aggregators. If you scroll down um, just below the featured podcast, the most recent podcast, you'll also be able to uh, one-click subscribe with Feed Demon and some other um, aggregators. And now we are going to move on to the podcast with L.A. Podcasters from the Brewery Art Walk after this. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from iPressroom. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom. Tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com iPress Room, always on, even when you're off. I'm at the Brewery Art Walk in the LA Podcaster Studio 101. You got it. 
This is my first time seeing this studio. The studio was set up by Lance Anderson, who is the president and founder of LA Podcasters. Thank you very much. He's here with us. Yes. Yeah, let's hear it for Lance. We actually yeah. have Woo! a bunch of uh, members of the LA Podcasters in rooting them on. We're here at the at the Brewery Art Walk. I just parked, and I got to tell you something. I mean, it was hard to get a parking space, and this place is packed. Oh, yeah. There are people walking around, visiting uh, different artist studios that are uh, live work studios, right? There are studios people live in them, too. Yeah. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the art of podcasting. Uh Podcasting is obviously a form of media, a form of new media, and it's being used by people to disintermediate the mainstream media, right? It's a way that we can communicate directly uh, to audiences without having to have our material um, overseen by, by editors, right? There is right. no editorial oversight except, you know, I guess... Personal, just personal Edit editorial. stuff out ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And so what we're going to do, since we're, we're here with a lot of arty guys, uh, is we're going to talk to them about... The art of podcasting and what makes a great podcast. So cool. We're going to start with you, Lance. Yeah. Because I know, in addition to a podcast, podcaster, you consider yourself to be an artist. Yeah. You know, I, at one time I even considered myself to be a performance artist. Uh, I'm a storyteller, uh, performer, but I think I think I do try to approach, you know, everything I do as an artist, and I've approached podcasting in that same way, where I take what I do, which is storytelling, and I've put it into a show as a podcast and it's given me an international audience which is great you know worldwide audience I love it now when you say international audience how many listeners to your of your podcast and the name of your podcast is Verge of the Fringe it is you can get it at www.vergeofthefringe.com you got it how many listeners a couple thousand a couple thousand regular listeners um, my shows though get downloaded you know, because because their stories, they're not time sensitive. They continue to get downloaded. So some of my shows have been listened to, maybe nearly ten thousand. Some of the some of the shows, you know, have been downloaded. So so shows. that's an important distinction. If yeah. it's feature content as opposed to news content, it has a longer shelf life. That's what you're telling us. Well, my particular stories, I think, because a lot of them are from my childhood and they are somewhat more timeless than somebody doing like a news show or a sports show or something that. That definitely has a timestamp on it. But I mean, you could have um, a, a news-oriented sports show, and you could have a feature-oriented sports show. I guess it would just matter how you decide to talk about it. Sure. And and the distinction, you know, for those listeners who may not be clear, is a news program would talk about events of the day, timely occurrences which are happening now. And because podcasts might be downloaded, oh, a month, maybe even a year later, uh, they'll get old pretty quickly if you're focusing on news of the day. Right, exactly. Whereas if you're if you're doing something that's feature-oriented, more evergreen, right. um, it's going to have a longer shelf life. Right, so I do that. And, and that is a conscious choice also, to do, to do stuff that is more timeless, that will stand the test of time, hopefully. You know, that's the idea. And we're also here with Grant. Yes, Grant Pachogo. How are you? Fine, how are you, Eric? Good. Now, you have a show that appeals to a uh, popular audience, consumer to audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we, we do a show called uh, The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd. I'm here with Doug Price, who is uh, the co-creator of the show and as well. And uh, our show is um, an old-time, a family-friendly old-time radio style show. So it's just like the glory days of old-time radio. Uh, but it's very family friendly and it's a time travel adventure and we get uh, letters and emails and phone calls from five-year-old kids all the way up to you know 40-year-old adults so it's really it's that's that a lot of fun. old 40 yeah it's wow. really old <laughs> but it's interesting because so many of the podcasts that seem to be popular 
are not popular with a large audience, but with a niche audience. Because this obviously is a way to narrow cast. Yeah. Right. You know, we, we are not beholden to advertisers. We don't have to reach the widest possible audience. Um, because time is not money. It's very inexpensive to upload a podcast to the web and make it available via RSS to listeners. And, you know, for those of you who are listening um, and think that you have to have an iPod to listen to a podcast, it's not really true. And the name is a little deceptive. In fact, uh, I think the recent stat I read, 50% or more of podcasts are actually consumed on the desktop. So they're never even transferred to a portable MP3 player. For the first six months of my show, I just told my listeners, hey, you don't need an iPod. You don't need an MP3 player. Just listen to it in your browser, on, on the Internet, in your, in your computer that you have right there in front of you. You don't need an iPod. In which case, it's actually not a podcast if you want to split hairs. Absolutely. It's, it's audio Absolutely. on demand at that point, right? That, that is true. And, it's, you know, we get so excited about podcasts and this and that and what are these different names and how do we keep it all straight in our mind? Is it a vidcast? Is it a video podcast? What is it? So I just want to just to set the record straight here because I've been thinking about this a lot. They're really what we're talking about is distributing electronic media over the internet. It could be audio, it could be video, it doesn't really matter. And there's really three ways to do it. You can webcast it, in which case case you're feeding it live over the internet as a stream uh, you can save that file and make it available to people to click on off your website in which case it's on demand or a digital download and then you can also RSS enable that file and serve it up to uh, portable uh, mp3 players in which case it's a podcast and it seems to me you know those of us who now are podcasting and have an audience it seems to me if you're not doing all three you're probably missing a third of the, p the audience you could be reaching do you agree uh, yeah, I mean, we do, we definitely do all three. Um, we I have a internet radio show I do every Monday night, and that's where we premiere our episodes, and then we put them out on the podcast, and they're available for download on our website. So we definitely try and do all three of those things. And you guys do funny voices, right? I mean, you guys <laughs> do like a cartoon type show, right? Right. Yeah. Well, right. Maybe break into break into them a little bit. <laughs> I mean, are some <laughs> of the, are some <laughs> of the characters <laughs> are some of the characters that that you know you rip that you guys voice on the show are they here today? Well, I'm always here. Uh, this is evil mastermind Dr. Steve, and hey. I'm anywhere where I can be uh, in front of my public, my adoring fans. Yes, and this is Dr. Floyd, and I'm here too. Yes, he follows me everywhere I go, unfortunately. Now, you, you keep got, an you, eye on him. You guys have day jobs, right? I mean, where, where do you get off spending all the time on this? I mean, how, how do you figure this out? I mean, you guys have day jobs, and, and you do this show, and, and, and you've got a steady stream of these things coming out, right? Because you have fans who are listening to these things. And I imagine they're all over you if you don't get a show out in a timely fashion. Oh, yeah. The chicks just won't leave me alone when I go out on the street. Well, you know, he jokes, but at the Podcast Expo, I know you guys did a live podcast performance. And, I mean, there were groupies there. There were tons of people there. I couldn't okay, believe it. True. There were people that had flown, that had, that had taken planes to fly in just to meet you. Yeah, that yes, is true. It cost us a lot of money, but they were there. <laughs> well, how did they cost you money? <laughs> that was the joke. Yeah, that, that no, was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we have very dedicated fans. Our show is our show is a little uh, sci-fi. You know, it has a sci-fi twist to it. So uh, a lot of sci-fi fans are involved. When, when you get sci-fi fans behind you, they are behind you 100%, and they will, they're very passionate about your show. So, uh, yeah, we had some folks fly in from Indiana and Texas to see that show. So, yeah, no, we have great so fans. So this is my first time in the L.A. Podcaster studio that you've put together, Lance. Yeah. I think you've done a phenomenal well, job. Well, thank you. Thank you. It goes with your costume. Well, this is a fancy <laughs> setup here. We have pop screens on the mics. Yeah. 
and other members of LA Podcasters here to also some people that have just walked in. Yeah, we're here yes. probably to Civilians. see art. Civilians. And there's females here, which is rare in the world yeah. of podcasting. Yeah, very. Mostly, yeah, it's mostly a guy thing. I'm getting Although very nervous. Female <laughs> listeners from time to time. Uh, let's not get her nervous or she's going to leave. Uh, but uh, so how often are you in here actually recording podcasts? I'm in here uh, uh, usually a couple of times a week doing something, you know, whether I'm recording my Verge of the Fringe podcast or now I'm doing some stuff for uh, Richard Vobes in the uh, the UK, doing some editing, um, you know, just, just down here, just doing stuff. Uh, there's a lot more that's going to be happening here. We're going to do an L.A. Podcasters podcast uh, very, very soon where we actually sit around, kind of like what we're doing right now. And talk about podcasting, talk about the latest of what's happening in podcasting. And, uh, you know, uh, we got a video podcast. So we've got lots of stuff going on. Now, uh, there's a celebrity here, I think. There's a celebrity in the uh, in the studio. Uh, there is. As a matter of fact, it's, uh, it's Dan Klass. It's Dr. Floyd. Now, for those of you who don't know, Dan Klass happens to be one of the most famous podcasters on the globe. The thing about a podcast... But it's still podcasting, so, you know. He's the tallest midget in the room. (laughs) It's true. And the thing about a podcast is if you have a podcast that's up on the internet... Of all the unknown people, he's the least unknown. (laughs) He's also a funny guy. But the point I was going to try to make is that if if you have a podcast, you're available pretty much to anybody who has access to the internet, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like if I'm in New York, I can't listen to the local NPR station, KCRW, because... Their terrestrial broadcast footprint doesn't go there. Exactly, yeah. As soon as you're podcasting, you are making your programming available to a larger potential audience than any radio station, terrestrial or satellite, in the world. Because Sirius Radio can really only go from coast to coast, right? So now you have a podcast. Yes, I do. Uh, It's called The Bitterest Pill. True. What's it about? It's about my life as a uh, failed actor slash stay-at-home dad. Well, it, it sounds so, it sounds like, it's, you know. She's laughing. That's that's what it's about, honey. I can't, you know. Pardon me? Oh, they're br- and they're British. Supportive British people. Supportive British love. Oh. Welcome to the show. Um, tonight we'll be discussing my years in England. So now tell, tell us I've about. Hopefully scarred. You're probably tracking your listeners by continent. I would imagine you look at that from time uh, to time. I, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I, I typically do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have listeners where? Uh, in the English-speaking world, as it turns out. Uh, the United States, obviously, mostly, but also in England, Australia, New Zealand, uh, South Africa. And then there's quite a dip, obviously, as you get into, uh, you know, some uh, listeners in the Far East, some listeners in um, Germany, Belgium, kind of that area. But, but really, honestly, uh, f- from, ev- from all over the world. But we were joking and kidding around here at the beginning, but the truth is you really are. I mean, you're one of the ten most popular podcasts out there pretty consistently. Yeah, I don't know. So let me ask you something. What makes a good podcast? How did your podcast become so great? (laughs) (laughs) I like your your presumption there. Thank you, Eric. Um, uh, From from very, very early on, I decided that I had to be as honest as possible. And I think if you look at the shows that really stand out, there's a level of honesty to the majority of them. At least least for me, that's been kind of a major linchpin. I, I don't attempt to bake a necessarily professional show, but I work very hard at being uh, very honest and uh, dealing with things on a very human level. Do you understand what I mean? Well, but I, I want to try to make a distinction here. Please. Well, so this is a form of new media. Yes. 
right? It is media. We're going to record this file. We're going to make it publicly available. In the world of traditional media, honesty doesn't seem to be something that, you know, has a lot of value. Correct. I mean, if you look at a show like a popular show like Friends... Right. It's not about honesty. It's about y- yeah, a yeah, story, right. and it's about a co- comic situation and attractive people having that, having fun together. With you, it's still a show that appeals to pretty much the same demographic, but it's about honesty. And well, I'm trying to sort of uh, reconcile the two. Yeah, and here's th- here's the potentially kind of ironic thing is, uh, you asked me what my show is about, and I said it, it, it's about me being a stay-at-home dad and being a failed actor. Now, 99.9% of my listeners are not failed actors. And I'd say the same number are not stay-at-home dads. But there's something about being so finite in the subject matter and so brutally honest about it that it becomes more universal. And I know that sounds oxymoronical, but I think it, there's a certain amount of truth to that. Is, is, does anybody have a dictionary? Because I don't mm-hmm. know. Is oxymoronical mm-hmm. a word? I don't think it is. No. I'm going to check no. on that. I'm the normal Close enough yeah. for jazz. Close yeah. enough for jazz. We have yeah. the Queen's English in the house. Is yeah. that a word? No. Oxymoronical, totally. Military intelligence is another oxymoron. Exactly. Okay, all right. He's being cute. He didn't have a mic, so you couldn't hear what he said, but it was cute. Right, it was good. So, But I guess you're also a stand-up comic. I used to be a stand-up comic, yeah, that is true. So I guess there is something about, I mean, when you're writing a routine for stand-up comedy, I guess honesty is really very important, no? Not necessarily for stand-up. Yeah, not necessarily, actually. Yeah. Because aren't you sort of making fun of something that's a truism? Uh, there's a difference between truth and honesty. It's true that you're wearing a green shirt, but for you to tell me that you're wearing a green shirt, m- maybe when I say honesty, I'm also, uh, I also maybe mean a certain amount of very private revelation. You know what I mean? Where um, I'm not trying to, for instance, if I was on traditional broadcast radio, I would try to be very confident and very professional and hit my cues and backsell the show and all that kind of jazz, you know, that really any monkey could learn how to do. So instead of doing that, I go on my show and I say, hey, you know, I went to an audition today and um, I couldn't find any place to park. And then uh, I finally found a place to park and it was a no parking zone and my baby threw up on me and this happened. Da, 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 da. Traditional broadcasting, there's no space for that story. And yet there's something about that story that reveals that humans are human. And humans, I know this is going to sound strange, like to hear humans be human. And I think we've had so many decades of humans being DJs and being TV announcers and being quote-unquote professional that they want to hear someone be quote-unquote human. It's an interesting point. Have you guys heard about this book uh, by Michael Csikszentmihalyi, Finding Flow? No, it's a bestseller no. book, and it's all. Uh, he's a psychologist, and he did a series of tests uh, where he gave people pagers, and he beeped them at different times throughout the day, and he asked them to answer on a scale from one to five if they were happy or not. Mm. Oh boy! And based on where they were and the situation that they were under when they answered, he tried to use scientific criteria to put his finger on the nail of what makes authentic happiness. Mm. And what he, his hypothesis, or conclusion rather, the book was, is that if you do something that, uh, that um, makes use of your signature strengths as an individual, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you do the, and you do that well, time disappears and you find your flow. And when you find your flow, that you're doing the right thing. You're doing whatever the right thing is for you sure, to find yeah, your I like flow. That and so it seems to me maybe, you know, your ability, I guess, to, to tap into that vulnerability when mm-hmm. you're behind the mic and mm-hmm. be honest, for you as an individual is finding flow. 
Yes, very much so. Very, very much so. You know, I saw um, Al Pacino is performing uh, Salome at the Wadsworth Theater right now. And I was fortunate enough to go see that uh, over the course of the week. And it was absolutely mesmerizing to watch this actor. I actually have a renewed sense of optimism for the culture of celebrity. Because <laughs> I, I sat there and watched this actor on stage. I was absolutely astounded yeah. by, his, by his gift. And I, f- I, was, I was thinking about this whole Michael Cheek sent me high finding flow mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. explanation. I thought, wow. You know, maybe the reason that uh, celebrities are modern-day royalty is because they find their flow publicly. And, you know, there's probably, I don't know, in the back of the IRS, somebody just as good with the file cabinet as (laughs) he is with the lines on stage. Right. But that person doesn't find their flow publicly, so Mm -hmm. we'll never be able to appreciate it. My wife... um, cut her jaw uh, years ago and uh, we had a connection and we got in to see some great uh, plastics reconstructive surgeon who sewed up her chin and literally watching this guy hmm. with the needle was like Michelangelo I mean you yeah, were really? just like but you never get to see him right? Exactly. right so you don't appreciate him like you do Al Pacino interesting so what you're saying though is that we may have some inherent ability as humans to recognize and appreciate someone when they're in their flow. I think it's incredibly that, that is some exalted compelling. state. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe that. I believe it's incredibly compelling. And the reason I think we, we, we um, give so much of our praise to uh, celebrities and to athletes is because they have to do that in front of an audience. Right. And how the hell... Over and, and over and tough. over again. Yeah. I mean, right now, there are two people from the... I've never met before in here from the... Uh, that came for to see art for the Brewery Art Walk. And I feel a little self-conscious. I'm trying to sort of forget that they're here and have this discussion. <laughs> right. But, I mean, someone who's a really great actor, they just have to put all that out of their mind, mm-hmm. right? And they sure. just have to do their thing. And if they can do their thing in a way that's honest and mm-hmm. authentic, as you're saying, mm-hmm. then they'll be good at what they do. Absolutely. So now, should everybody podcast? Is this the future of communications? Or I mean, wha- If you had to say there was criteria for who should podcast and who shouldn't, what would that criteria be? I don't know, Lance. What would you say? I mean, you definitely have to have I something I to I say. I'm, a, I'm definitely of the camp that that as many people who want to try it should do it. I, I I don't I don't feel elitist about it. I don't feel that there's you you only should do it if you're a seasoned performer or if you're funny or if you really have an interesting life or whatever. Going sort of back to what Dan's saying. Just people talking about whatever interests them, that those people finding their flow, as you're saying, is enough, or at least searching for that flow. So I absolutely believe that if, if someone is interested in podcasting, they should actually try it and well, try to make it happen. Well, th- you're talking about the guy who has flow when he's uh, filing at the IRS. Well, I think it's fair to assume that there are probably dozens and dozens, maybe thousands of people that have that flow at the IRS. What you need is one guy that has that flow and wants to talk about it on a podcast and then you've got a community. You've got a podcaster talking about his filing cabinet flow. And you've got all the other people that want to hear that. So when Lance is saying don't be elitist, absolutely. There's an audience out there for anyone who's talking passionately about whatever it is. Create the podcast, not to be too corny, but create the podcast and they will be able to find you. Is it art? Is a podcast art or is it media? Yes. I think it can be both, you know. I think it can be art. I, I think a lot of people who've come down here to the brewery today have looked at us maybe as like we don't fit in. You know, we, we aren't maybe part of 
um, the artist scene here because I think people when they think of art they generally think of stuff that you can hang on a wall um, and this isn't that and not every podcast is artful but I think there are podcasts that are artful I know there's been certain points in my podcast where I felt like it's reached the level of art so yeah I do think a podcast can be art well and back to your question about who should podcast I think companies should be podcasting also if they have a legitimate story to tell because I think whether you're uh, selling you know automobiles or celebrities or our life stories or whatever if there's a if there's a tale to be told I, I believe there's an audience for it well you know it's it's funny because you and I are actually involved in um, uh, helping companies uh, yes extend yes. their marketing voice via right. podcasting to get butts and seats exactly but th- we're also co- I'm also contacted frequently by companies that you, know, you wouldn't think of as really being much other than an advertiser when it comes mm-hmm. to the creation of programming yet at the same time they're saying, hey, I want to do a program about my car battery or my carburetor or, you know, my cellular phone service. Or, so, I mean, do, do those guys have a chance at really gathering, uh, building an audience? I don't know. Why not? I mean, where does that battery go? Who makes it and how, does it, how is it made or where is it made? Is, is this a battery that's in race cars or kids' toys? I mean, there, there's got to be a tale uh, in there somewhere, a tale that... Y- y- someone may want to listen to. You know what I mean? I mean, not everything has to be a uh, an infomercial to create kind of a, a an emotional bond with a with a product or a service or whatever. You know, you don't need a British guy in a in a tight tacky sweater going, "Hey, well, you know this this scrubs and it'll keep your floors clean." Um, so yeah, where you know where's the battery made? What it what's it typically used for? What's the history? I mean, who knows? Is there something interesting there? O- odds are good. You can find something. Uh, Tim Coyne just joined us. Hi, Tim. Hello. Now, you have a podcast. Well, tell us about that. I do. It's called The Hollywood Podcast. And um, it's behind the scenes in the city of dreams. Uh, I don't know if that tells the whole story, but I, I think essentially what I'm trying to do is uh, tell the stories that aren't necessarily being told. You know, kind of the funny and tragic stories maybe some the the, the the person where they thought things were going to work out for them and they didn't and uh there are a lot of those stories in la now you're out there i mean you're an actor right you're going on auditions every day and you're podcasting about it right it's like the ultimate in reality podcasting yeah what, what what i try to do is i try to make a show out of whatever's going on in my life and that was kind of what i was trying to do as i was coming out of the gate and then I realized that not much was going on in my life. <laughs> so I, uh, I decided I had to expand a little bit. So, yeah, I do try to capture any experience that I'm having. You know, if I can sneak a recorder into an audition, I'm going to do it. Um, but I'm also talking to other people that have had, you know, interesting experiences. I mean, I, did, I just interviewed Dan in my last show, actually. True. You know, because I kind of, you know, Dan is, you know, Dan is living this life. Um <laughs> <laughs> well said. I'm talking to someone who's not yeah, listening. There's someone coming into the room. Oh, Eric's. No, I've actually I asked for a Coke, and D- Doug's nice enough to get me one. Thanks. The roadies are bringing refreshments. <laughs> yeah, Doug or is it Douglas? Just to set the record straight. Is it? But what do you prefer? Douglas. Okay, Douglas. Sorry. Thanks, Douglas. Sorry to interrupt. No, so, so anyway, I mean, I, yeah, I'm trying to tell those stories. You know, I just interviewed Dan because I think Dan's journey as an actor and ultimately a podcaster 
is interesting. It's interesting how Dan ended up doing what he's doing. Let me and, ask you something. And how finding old? his flow. How old are you? I'm 34. 34 years old. Yeah. Uh, f- you know, this is an audio podcast, so you can't see him, but he's a, he's a well-cut young man. He's got a clean-shaved head of hair. Look at you. Are you married? I'm not married. He's a fairly attractive guy, too, I would say. I'm. H- let me ask you something. Is it helping you get girls? See, this is funny. It all <laughs> comes back to know. this. because it's coming back to the same topic. <laughs> well, we, we were talking about mom. this earlier. Were I was you? in the mic earlier. And, I mean, uh, he's got a tight black T-shirt on, so I want to know. Yeah. yeah. Well, is it, is it helping? Tragically, let me do my – I'll do my life log line. Folks, the log line for you non-Hollywood types is kind of your, your sentence that, that encapsulates your show. Okay, this is the Tim Coyne log line. You ready? I'm a uh, 34-year-old scooter-driving, sleeping, uh, uh, kitchen floor-sleeping, poor, failed actor, podcaster. Yeah. For those of you who don't know. With optimism. For for (laughs) those of you who don't know what a log line is, this is Hollywood vernacular. We do have listeners. I have listeners of my show as far away as Asia. So if you want to make it in Hollywood Mm -hmm. and you come out of an Ivy League school and you wind up looking for a job, your first job that you usually get is called your your job is a reader, and they give you a stack of scripts and they say write a synopsis of each one and give me a log line. Yeah. What's a log line? A log line is a one sentence right. line that describes that story. So like the log, the classic log line pitch is, it's Jaws on the USS on the Enterprise on the Starship Enterprise, which is obviously the pitch for Alien. That would be the log line for Alien. Yeah. So that's what he means by log yeah. line. No. So uh, d- to answer your question. Um, I, I'm not necessarily getting any more uh, success with, with the ladies since, since <laughs> podcasting. Yes. No. I'm surprised. I must well, say, I, I, I would think. I got would. some good advice here today, though. What was the advice? Well, I was talking about my match.com, and if you want to look me up, it's Medazaland. That might be my first mistake. Wait, my what? My, <laughs> my name on match.com is Medazaland. Inspi- th- inspired th- by th- a that, that, that would be like me putting out an ad that said bodacious bearded blonde. Yeah, where yeah. are you from? You know, Narnia? You don't want to be a bodacious bearded blonde. <laughs> what you want to be is you want to be single, upwardly mobile, right. looking to settle down. Well, what I found out today, yeah. first, first of all, that is a Duran Duran <laughs> reference. My, my, my name. The, the band or the, the movie? There's the problem the, the, right uh, there. The band. The band? Um, so what I found out today was I need to get a picture of me with a kitten on there. That was my advice. Yes. Hello. It worked yes. for me. A kitten. Me and a kitten, apparently. We don't have any portable mics, do we? No. Because uh, we, we have two people here who hung in for the long haul. And I'm curious to know uh, what well, brought well, you well, here. And well, Stephen is a podcaster. He's up next at 2.30. So oh, Stephen is yeah. up next. Okay, yeah. well, I thought we had and, an and audience And then we have here. Mr. Howard waiting for me to get off the mic. Okay. I, I know Howard. Howard Left is a very funny guy. Uh you want you want to talk? To come come up to the mic here. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. Up to the yeah mic let's here. let's say Howard. Howard, Howard get over here. Bye, just real quick, and then I'm yeah, gonna yeah, sign just, off just because I've cut into your time. Here. Get in here. Sit down. Mr. Howard left. Not a podcaster, but soon to be one. Soon to be one. I'm yeah. Yeah. This this will work. Sure. You don't need you don't need him. You don't okay. need him. Don't I, I do want to chip in with you guys talking about the logline and getting laid. The magic I've found with podcasting. Well, if I first, tell us who you are. Okay, I'm Steve. I'm Steve from Pink Mafia Radio, and I'm up next. Oh, you're but the I'm, gay podcast. I'm the gay one. I'm the gay okay. one. Okay. And, uh, and all right. <laughs> I'm the big gay one. So, um, and maybe, I don't know if it's the gay part, but I definitely get laid from podcasting. Well, you know what? It um, is the gay part. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, 
phantasmagoric whatever what are you talking about you gotta you gotta sell yourself i mean come on now you gotta make yourself hot you can't just be phantasmagoric whatever on match.com that sounds horrible you've gotta you know sell yourself again also don't tell people you're sleeping on the kitchen floor tell people you know you're an up-and-coming hollywood guy you know yeah 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 don't tell don't tell let me ask you something okay do you think it's easier for, for gay people to get laid than heterosexual people? Yes. Okay, that, well, well, here's the thing. I think it's easier. I think that I think men want to get laid more than women. I think men, whether they're gay or straight, want to get laid more. So when you put you know two parts of the equation in that both want to get laid, it's going to happen more often. Yeah, I should have said uh, to my listeners, this is. I know this is a corporate audience we're talking to, so you know, just fast forward through this part. <laughs> I don't hear so yeah, you do. You do agree because obviously men are the ones that say, Women are the ones that typically say no in a heterosexual relationship. I would imagine. That's what I hear. Yeah. So if there's nobody <laughs> to say no, you know, it's yeah, it's all gravy all the time. Pr- pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You have to, you know, turn it away. But what you're saying, Stephen, is that it's actually helped. It's kind of it's, – it's an opening line, so to speak. It's, it's – um, Well, to a certain degree, but also I've done – you know, people want to get hurt. People want to be on the radio. People want right. to get hurt, so whatever. So, so I've you have had, a casting had, couch kind I've of thing? Well, to a certain degree. I mean, I've had interviews where after the interview, like, a thank you. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, well, sure, if you want to, go ahead. So it's uh, – it's it's happened you know a few times I'm not going to say which interviews or what cool, interviews yeah, yeah. but but you know it you know it's been a, right. a little perk a little bonus okay. now Howard Howard sir I don't you I don't are even not know your name my name's Eric Eric Schwartzman nice to meet you now you're uh, considering launching a podcast well who is it <laughs> no I've always this is great like you were talking about earlier about honesty I mean look at the most successful guy out there you know if you look at Howard Stern's show. That's all about honesty, and that's all it's ever been. And that's why he's probably on top, you know. I mean, it has to be honest, like you guys are saying. But also, I think it has to be entertaining, right? What What will your podcast be about? I mean, I envision myself like, you know, I mean, this sounds naive, but I want it to be entertaining. And I want it to be honest and funny, you know. And uh, hopefully, people just kind of, I mean, the best you can hope for is someone latches onto you. Like, uh, you'll latch on to Howard Stern, or you'll latch on to whoever your morning guy is, you know? And you'll think, I want to be a part of that, or I want to hear what's going on. Or that guy interested me, and I want to check it out again. I mean, that's the best you can hope for. H- right? Howard currently does a, a fairly regular column for the LA Times. Uh, wh- what is the column called? Well, it's called Getting Personal, but it's Getting not really personal. my column. I mean, it's a freelance column about relationships and dating. And I've had, like, 30 or 40 humor columns published in the Times and some other papers and stuff. But, I mean, this... I mean, as I'm a guest columnist yeah. or as a recurring columnist? Freelancer. As a freelancer. Yeah. It's reoccurring, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's reoccurring to the point where I'll send it in and they'll publish the ones they like, you know, but they're not sort of asking me week to week. On Typically, what section do they get published in? Calendar weekend. In calendar weekend. Like I had one a couple of weeks ago. It was a IRS form for relationships to figure out if you owe your girlfriend more favors or she owes you more favors at the end of the year. It's kind of like a, yeah, that's amusing. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing that for? Uh, a couple of years, but like over the course of this of those two years, mm-hmm. do you think the LA Times has become more or less relevant, or is it flat? The Times is a corporate situation. I think it's a great paper. You know, newspapers in general are having a tough time, and this is why. You know, and we get, and we're gonna have to. What, what do you What do you give me the hook? Huh? Well, no, well, no I got. I'm it. Trying I got to wind it up here. Yeah, no, we got Come to on. 
I was in I was in bumper to bumper traffic on the one Ted freeway. Do you guys ever worry that there will be no audience for podcasters because every single person is either going to be blogging or podcasting their own thing? Well, it depends <laughs> how you look at your audience. I mean, if you if you if you are um, looking at your audience based on sheer numbers, sheer size, then I think you'd worry. But if you're looking on your audience as the right listener. You know, the people who are really, who matter. It's like, if I'm an advertiser, do I want to get in front of 100,000 people who couldn't care less or maybe two dozen who would buy my product? It's just scary because it's so narrow now. Everything is so narrow. And you can be that choosy as a consumer, you know? You can pick who you want. And that's why it's really scary to think about, is there ever going to be? It is. And there's know, actually, a there's a military term for um, when uh, commanders in a in a... Uh, military operation uh, surround themselves with their own information and they don't look at what's going on outside themselves and certainly we are cocooning we are surrounding ourselves uh, with just what we want to hear and we're drinking our own Kool-Aid and it's scary the beauty of the paper is turning those pages and right reading about something in Nepal that you never would have looked for so I mean it's it's definitely a potential hazard I think of this whole new media challenge so listen they're giving me the hook but there's two more people I want to talk to Trejefes. Trejefes. See that? You got to roll the like arm. Like a gringo, man. You got to roll the arm. Trejefes. Is it tres or is it tre? Now, now you got to do the Jewish J. Trejefes. Excuse me. So tell us about your podcast. First of all, where can I listen to it? Trejefes.com. T-R-E-S-J-E-F-E-S.com. And you guys are in East L.A., right? Um, are you a bunch of homeboys in East L.A. doing a podcast? Uh, kind of. Right. Southgate. Yeah, they Southgate. Southgate better, yeah. All right. So tell us about your podcast. Uh, basically, just everything in L.A. Uh, well, L.A. turned into a lot of porn star stuff, but just everything in L.A., uh, bands, um, bars, review, all kinds of stuff, have lots of interviews, guests, stuff like that. Now... From my side of the coin, I mean, I read a lot of news about what's happening in the world of media. And everybody's looking to the Hispanic community for growth right now. Univision has more viewers than NBC and ABC. I mean, everyone's focused on the Hispanic community, Spanish language community being the place to go. Do you think you guys are going to get a big advertiser for your show someday? Uh, we all know, but we're, we're not focusing on that. We're just trying to broadcast whatever's happening within the community that we're in. As far as bands or uh, people just writing stuff or stuff like that, we're not focused on trying to get advertisers. Just you know, whatever's happening within our community, we're just broadcasting that. But would you would you take an advertiser if you had one? Sure, if it, you know if they match with our show, it you know it'd be their choice. Miller Beer. Uh, <laughs> still yeah, reserved. Douglas Welch. Douglas, 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 Douglas Welch. Douglas, yeah. Douglas, D- say, Douglas hi. say hi. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I'm uh, Douglas Welch. I host Career Opportunities, the High Tech Career Handbook, and also a Gardener's Notebook, which is two diametrically opposed podcasts. Um, Career Opportunities is a nearly 10-year-old print column, so I've sort of come out of the print world. But when podcasting popped up its nasty little head in uh, 2004 in September, I immediately jumped on it. was one of the first 12 or 15 what, where can we there. get your podcast? What's the Welchright, URL? Welchright.com, W-E-L-C-H-W-R-I-T-E dot com slash career. And so give us, uh, from, from 40,000 square feet looking down, 
what is the uh, what what's going on in the today's job market? I mean, is it good? Is it healthy? Is it picking up? Is it slowing down? Something that I've always preached in what I write is, uh, you know, the subtitle of the podcast is helping to build the career you deserve. Too many people out there are just in lousy jobs. There was a recent book called Radical Careering, which had a great quote in it, which I repeat constantly, which is, being in a crappy job isn't your fault, but staying in a crappy job is your fault. And so I try to give people the tools to understand what it is about a career that can be good, that not every, every company you're going to work for is going to be horrible, and also one of the things you can do is to go freelance and how to do that and what problems you're going to run into and stories out of my own life because I'm a freelance consultant myself. And so I try to build in a lot of what I experience on a day-to-day basis into the column as well. Now, Larry, you just sat down. Um, you, you have a, uh, a poet's podcast, right? Uh, yes, I do. I have two podcasts. Uh, one is called Sundown Lounge. It's a uh, weekly music, poetry, podcast review, uh, weird science and progressive politics uh, show. And the other one is The Patio. It's my personal poetry, music compositions, uh, stuff like that. And you're going to do a show here today as well, right, as part of the Art of Podcasting? Uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow at 4.30 to 5.30. Uh, I'm having a group of poets from the LA area. I call them the Poetry Posse. Come in, <coughs> and we're gonna let loose on uh, spoken word and free speech. Uh, now that's a part of what I do in one segment of Sundown Lounge, which is called uh, Venue Verite, which is just exposing more local poets to the planet. And we've seen. Um, I mean, do you think? Uh, uh, hip-hop music has basically been partially responsible for resurgency in poetry? Uh, that's one part of it. Uh, hip-hop, well, it's like more than 20 years old now, so it's an established art form. It's a form of poetry and spoken word. It's not exclusive, but it happens to have gotten a lot more attention <coughs> because it's a lot more visual, there's more music involved. Actually, I wouldn't say more music, there's more engineering involved. Uh, actually, one thing I'd like to see is hip-hop groups hire some musicians so they can play behind what they're doing. Because uh, I think they pretty much drain the uh, <coughs> the musical library of the Godfather of Soul and the 70s stuff, so I think it's time for them to start Now, Larry, evolving. Your, your day job, you work for uh, LA Unified, right? School district. Yeah, that's one of my two jobs. Uh, I work as a computer guy at uh, an adult uh, education center in downtown L.A. And this is, I guess, for you, uh, pers- a form of personal expression, a way to you know, get be creative. Oh, yeah. Well, the shows, for me, is <coughs> kind of touching back on something I did about five, six years ago. In Chicago, I was uh, a DJ on a pirate radio station in Chicago called Gorilla Love Radio which uh, at its height had more than 30 DJs broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the podcast actually gives me a chance to recreate my show as I get to speak my piece. (coughs) I get to play whatever music uh, fits my fancy, and I like a lot of music, so it's not restricted in that manner. Uh, I get to speak my mind and call the president an asshole. And let me ask you something, where can we uh, subscribe to your podcast if we would mm-hmm. like? 
they can go to my website, which is dublarrywinfield.com, and that'll give them all the stuff I'm up to. Thanks, Larry. And uh, thank you, Lance, for oh. inviting me to do this. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you coming down and doing it. And it's great for, I think, people who regularly get to hear me uh, interview journalists from the mainstream media, uh, business leaders, um, uh, people who are involved in the use of uh, conventional media and new media to communicate on behalf of organizations, uh, nonprofits, and, um, and what have you. Well, thanks so for letting us uh, speak to that crowd. Yeah, no, I, pr- I appreciate you guys doing it. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. And um, we are signing off for this episode. Goodbye. Thanks, Eric. All right. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.